way, people. June 28th, 2023, welcome to Counterspin, the Christchurch Quake 2011. Was it an act of war or friendly fire? Uh, we answer this question and delve into the systems that make such things possible with our Raytheon whistleblower, Eric Hecker. Uh, in the meantime, our recent fluoride episode has got some great feedback, considering it's a hot topic being debated all over the country for the as to the reasons for and against fluoridization of our water supplies. There may even be a connection with our upcoming episode. Uh, counterspin mugs. If the world's going to hell in a handbasket, you might as well do it in style. Go to counterspin media. Oh, sorry, email merch at counterspin media and grab yourself a quality counterspin media cup. Uh, extralife.co.nz. Go there now to get your spike detox and, of course, all other products to help fortify your immune system. You're going to need it for the onslaught that's coming. Um, use CSM as the promo code, get yourself 10 off. Now, New Zealand Prime Minister Chris Hipkins is in Tianjin in China at the World Economic Forum, what they dub as New Champions. Take a look at this. On goes the apron and out comes Chef Chippy in China. Seasoning the sizzling seared beef, the barbecue and appetizer course for Small Talk Central, on a big global scale. Hipkins stopping at a World Economic Forum meeting dubbed Summer Davos, the annual meeting of the new champions. Meeting with the main man, founder Klaus Schwab. I hope you had a good beginning. Joining a panel on the state of the world. We do have growing inflation. We also have growing geopolitical uncertainty. We would like to see a world that continues to be open and outward looking. All in preparation for today's main course, small talk turned big talk the pinnacle. Hipkins meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. What the mainstream media puff pieces do not tell you is that Chris Hipkins has his marching orders directly from Klaus Schwab to come back to New Zealand with his climate change hysteria in tow and continue to further advance the agenda of your 20-minute cities, your lockdowns, your managed retreats, and a whole host of others. Funny thing, Chris Hipkins had to take two planes over to China. Now, where are the Greens in that? Surely they'll be a little upset. So I expect to see news headlines all over the place tomorrow with the Greens condemning his travel for two years in case, of course, one drops, drops out of the air. Now, Christchurch is the centre for the US-led polar expedition known as Operation Deep Freeze. New Zealand's been directly involved in this since about 1955. Um, our guest, Eric Hecker, was involved in polar operations as a Raytheon contractor. And as a whistleblower, after spending three years trying to get his information out, he had a recent breakthrough on June 12th at the National Press event in the US, hosted by Dr. Stephen Greer's Disclosure Project, and is now bringing with a particular focus here in this interview on Christchurch. Eric will be joining us shortly, but in the meantime, find out a quick summary within five minutes. He sums it up nicely. 
During World War II, the Nazis' most classified project was known as Die Glock, the bell. Secret documents found years later reveal that the bell was a new kind of exotic energy technology that could affect time and defy gravity. In 1939, the Nazis set up a secret base in Antarctica known as New Schwabia. Starting in 1945, Operation Paperclip secretly brought hundreds of Nazi scientists into America, where they were hired by the military-industrial complex. In 1946, Admiral Richard Byrd led a military expedition known as Operation High Jump to seek out Nazi base New Schwabia and other Antarctica bases. On his way back to the U.S., Admiral Byrd told Chilean newspaper El Mercurio that in the event of a new war, the U.S. would be facing military craft that can fly from one pole to the other with incredible speed. In 1959, a dozen nations signed the Antarctic Treaty, making it illegal for anyone to travel south of the 60th parallel without government permission. Since then, curious videos have circulated that show what appear to be Nazi UFOs. And just last Monday, Dr. Stephen Greer introduced Antarctica whistleblower Eric Hecker. In 2010, I was selected to go down to the South Pole Station in Antarctica for an entire year by Raytheon Polar Services as an employee of a third-party contractor for the National Science Foundation. I function in a dual-role capacity as a tradesman and a firefighter. My responsibilities required me to be more informed than most of my crew and offered me complete access to the facilities. What I learned from this unique experience needs to be shared with the entire world. The technology at the South Pole Station certainly can do what it is presented as its primary purposes, and unfortunately, much more. The Ice Cube Neutrino Detector is presented as a passive listening device for the purposes of the science as presented. But I'm going to skip right through the chase, folks. Uh, I have provided documentation that proves that the 5,160, what they call DOMs, that are embedded in the ice can actually transmit at 2,047 volts each. That gives us a long list of things to consider. It is effectively a multifaceted directed energy weapons platform that I will uh, list rapidly a few things that it can do. Vehicle detection, we're learning that these off-world craft, on-world craft, ours or other nations, are also emitting neutrinos. So this makes the South Pole Station effectively an air traffic control station for this new level of equipment that nobody's discussing. In addition to the ability to detect neutrinos and the exotic vehicles, I provide a documentation that shows that this is also a system for faster than light communications. In the past, Gary McKinnon has hacked NASA, found the off-world fleet, the list of captains, and it's apparent that if we have faster-than-light vehicles moving throughout the system, we're going to need faster-than-light communications. This is that facility. Unfortunately, I have other bad news. The season that I was there, 2010 to 2011, we converted from uh, construction to operations and maintenance in both the elevated station and the detector array. Unfortunately, when they first fired it up, that was when we had the earthquakes in Christchurch, New Zealand. There was two incidental shots before they were able to target it correctly. This is an earthquake generating device as well. This is the weapons of war that we have to deal with now and what Raytheon's hiding. There's an ELF system at the South Pole Station that when I was arrived, I was told it was off, dismantled, and completely defunct. 
In my work, I will rapidly just tell you, I had to figure out the circuitry for certain other repairs, and I found that this system is in fact completely energized, up and running, and being utilized with the other systems for nefarious purposes as well. The Atmospheric Research Observatory is uh, in what we call the clean air sector. I witnessed myself a very powerful green laser shooting out of the top of this facility into the cosmos. This, I believe, is a secondary form of long-range communications and or a defense system. A question of power comes into play for all of these facilities that are present. I assure you, I knew what was going on, I knew the load demands of the facility, and all of these new items exceed the demand for the systems that I was presented. I am doing due diligence and research. I believe there is either a secondary power supply there that is either nuclear, that uh, was there prior to the start of the Antarctic Treaty, which prohibits such things, and or that there is some sort of exotic uh, power supply system there that just is not in the verbiage of the treaty, so it negates the responsibility to the parties involved. Eric Hickey now joins me on Counterspin to go over the Antarctic situation and more. Welcome to this. Uh, welcome to this episode, Eric. Thank you very much for having me, and thank you for your interest in this topic. Oh, believe me, when we first um, saw that clip, and I've played it a number of times, and a lot of people have, are, are looking, and of course, they're with a zero focus on um, the Christchurch situation because we experienced that here. Uh, GNS Services, which is our geographical uh, people, you know, the geologists, sorry, they come out and they said, oh, we've just discovered a new fault line, blah, 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 um, how little they knew. Um, now, I want to focus on, because everyone will want to know, I want to focus in on the main one that caused the most devastation. Now, that was, of course, over here. It was February 22nd, 2011. Um, in your mind, uh, do you believe that Antarctica played a part in that particular quake? More than believe, sir, I'm I'm clarifying that the ice cube neutrino detector did that event. It is um, my knowledge, it's not my belief, through communicating with other folks at the facility, that that is exactly what happened. It was uh, non-intentional as a new form of directed energy weapons system was being activated, just like anybody else would make a gun, and you have to pull the trigger initially to see how well your weapon fires. You can aim for a bullseye, but you're not going to really know until you pull the trigger how close to the bullseye you can hit. And unfortunately, in this circumstance, uh, the bullseye was aimed for, apparently was not Christchurch, New Zealand, but that just shows how far off the mark they were initially. It is my understanding that there were actually two shots that accidentally hit Christchurch, New Zealand. And it would have been in the February time period that this occurred. Now, you, of course, have provided all this information to the Senate Intelligence Committee and others. That, that <clears> is so, correct. Yeah. I, was, I was debriefed by two organizations in Washington, D.C. when I attended the National Press Conference um, with the help of Dr. Greer. Both of these organizations have all of my information presented to them. And I was told by Arrow that my evidence was so compelling 
that it will absolutely be going into the National Archives and recorded and being moved immediately to Congress for their consideration. And there was actually legislation just this week initiated by the Senate Intelligence Committee to give these companies that are, uh, I guess, harboring this information of either on-world, off-world, or exotic propulsion systems, or these platforms, they want to give them a six-month ultimatum for amnesty, that basically if they don't start divulging the programs and operations that are occurring without oversight and therefore illegally, that things will change, that this is not going to be tolerated to go on forever. So this legislation is being initiated and it was apparently signed unanimously by the Senate Intelligence Committee. And this is the first step, I would say, to rein in these um, factions that are operating without oversight. So New Zealand counterparts, of course, can contact the U.S. Um, Intelligence Committee, U.S. government, and actually seek that information themselves because, let's face it, over here we lost, I think, in that... We lost 185 people, 130 coming from the Canterbury and Pine Gould building collapse itself, 11 from masonry falling, four others the chief coroner ruled as being directly associated with it. We had 400,000 tons of silt, businesses in disarray, lives destroyed, 4,000 cars trapped in the centre for a long time. And um, to this day, we are still suffering the effects of the money that had to be borrowed in order to do the Christchurch rebuild, where we had some absolute hacks uh, in charge of that cleanup, and to this day, there's still problems uh, because governments love and know how to waste money. Absolutely. Uh, because I, I think um, whoever was responsible in terms of being able to identify the particulars, uh, they need to at least be brought forward to give the account and try to make some sort of restitution because let's face it, their black budget uh, military operations are huge. I mean, they've got a bottomless pit of uh, funds like the Pentagon losing $2 trillion in a day after we have a, a building collapse. Funny that when the investigations were about to come out. Um, and these things happen all the time. Hunter Biden and his CCP connections and we're selling out America. And all of a sudden we have a new cycle. There's a guy in a soda can at the bottom of the bloody uh, billionaire in the bottom of the ocean who disappears that's on the news cycles instead of the epstein and bill gates emails and things like that so it's always cover up it's always distraction and that's why counterspin uh, exists to sort of bring clarity back and just stick to the facts and evidence and push away that side of things so do you believe it is fair for new zealand authorities to go after those responsible for the lives lost in the um damage caused here in christchurch I apologize. I lost the front end of that question. You said, did I believe what? Do you believe that the authorities here in New Zealand should take to task those in, uh, responsible for the Christchurch uh, misfile, let's say? Sure. Absolutely. I, I, I believe that um, we need to stop this. And, and what you're suggesting is pretty much the only way to, to do it is that, you know, we have to um, fight back. I mean, technically we're in the throes of war and the weapons of war are just beyond what people can currently comprehend. So, um, just like in other situations, friendly fire does occur and there is still responsibility to those actions. 
I would say that this was a, a friendly fire situation, but certainly there are parties involved and responsibilities. And this is, you know, why I came out and spoke because this is, you know, this is we, the people on a whole, this entire planet, there's uh, seems to be in reality in a class system. This is um, the wep- these weapons of war are rich people's weapons. This isn't nation states against nation states. These are these are billionaires and multinational corporations that don't care about geographical borders. So it's just above and beyond that. No, I agree. In fact, if you are liking it to street gangs. You have your street gangs uh, fighting over turf or resources or the drug trade and things like that. Here you seem to have, like you say, dynasties, rich families who have their own private military contractors, and that seems to be the way of war in the future. It's whoever's got the biggest money, the biggest weapons, or the types of weapons actually more so, to be able to destabilize areas, to be able to bring down buildings, um, start forest fires, to bring in this great reset. It all seems to go hand in glove with with the agendas that have been rolled out. Someone somewhere is sitting at the top of this mess, and those are the people I'd like to um, uncover. Absolutely. Yeah, I would just like to add that it, um, the the only discrepancy I would say in your statement is that it's um, it's not the war of the future; it's the war of now. It's been the war since since uh, 2010-11 when I was at that facility in particular. This weapon in this war has to the, my experience now been going on for at least 10 years that I know of. So now what other facilities and what other weapons existed prior to that? I don't believe that our facility was the first. I believe that these wars and these factions have been ongoing. It's just escalating. <clears throat> now you, as you stated, are certain that the February quake here that caused most of the damage was res- uh, that machine was responsible but we had one of course early september 2010 uh, which was the bigger one funny it was less destructive but it was the bigger the bigger one it was a 7 or 7.1 um of which you which your facility was not responsible for is that correct correct because it wasn't on when functional correct we were not we were not transitioned from construction to operations and maintenance yet yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. So, but I, I find curious that we did have a ship here undergoing trials. Uh, it was the Arion from from down in Antarctica. It is a seismic. Uh, it has the ability to create earthquakes. Basically, it's a seismic ship. Um, and on as you once pointed out, on the face of it, they give like a, a color brochure. It's like any prospectus. Hey, look at this. You invest this. You're going to get this back. And they give you all the fluff talk. Mm-hmm. Um. But this particular ship, on the face of it, says it does these types of functions, but it seems to do a hell of a lot more than that. And it was undergoing sea trials at the exact same time in the exact same area that we had the first quake. And then, of course, followed up later. And when it returned to base after Littleton, it went to back to Antarctica. It's almost like an RTB, return to base. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether those two are connected, I would love to be able to delve into that. But of course, until we get drill down and we get into that information it's going to be very difficult to um be able to connect those dots but it's just it's 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 a probability more than an impossibility because of the type of ship um and i think it's it's worth pursuing as well and if we had an intelligence service over here which is an oxymoron for new zealand 
um, that actually functioned properly, we, they would have this information. I mean, we have the Government uh, Communications and Security Bureau, that's the GCSB. <clears throat> we have the New Zealand uh, Security and Intelligence Service that, by the way, no legislation related to the Security Intelligence Service here can be passed through Parliament until it has prior CIA approval. And we know the CIA are responsible for a lot of these black operations as well, mm -hmm. as well as trafficking and a whole lot of other stuff. Um, I want to know how, and I think it's good if the audience knows how you actually came to be where you were in order to be able to give this account and start revealing some of this information. Because your your history from childhood onwards is actually quite fascinating. I was researching it quite in, 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 intently, and I was I was fascinated to your story, especially where you grew up, the area, what you were involved in, and how you came to being. If you can give a quick synopsis or take <clears throat> 10 I'll, minutes or I'll, so just to bring people up to speed. I'll do my best to let people know that Operation Paperclip uh, was an activity post-World War II where a lot of the, the scientists, the brainiacs of the Nazi party were brought over into the greater New York metropolitan area, Long Island specifically, to pretty much get involved with our military industrial complex infrastructure and construction of the weapons of war. Long Island is full of all of these different companies that, that make these things, the billionaires that fund these things. And in that capacity, let's just say that these programs were more than happy to experiment on children. The Nazis we learned were, you know, content with experimenting on, on anybody in any way, shape or form. And they were ruthless in that capacity. I don't want to present that I am special in as so far as being involved in these programs. I'm just special in as so far as remembering my involvement. I believe in the not too distant future, the world is going to be appalled when they find out that pretty much every child is being processed in some capacity by these factions to be placed as product in the future. I do not believe that they are waiting for us to become adults to then theoretically volunteer for these roles. I believe that there's programming, conditioning, and all kinds of debauchery involved. So it is from my childhood that I would say that I was conditioned for a path one that eventually led me to South Pole Station as an approved expert tradesman to function in said facility. So this is almost like, because um, as children, we had books called Pick a Path. You would start reading through a story, then you'd come to a specific part of the book where you had a choice, where you would um, undertake this particular direction or that particular direction. Mm -hmm. And of course, on the face of it, gives you, you the illusion of having a choice. Absolutely. But you, it, everything's pre-scripted and it's pre-written. You are going to end up somewhere eventually where they want you to be. Yes. Would that be your assessment? Absolutely. And I have said this um, for years now as I've been giving my testimony and my experience to people. This is, this is a great place to put it. I have said that many times in our life, right, you find yourself at a fork in the road. And you, and you sit there and you consider and you go, I can either go left or I can either go right. And you're sitting there with this pretense of freedom and choice. But how many people, when they're in that fork in the road, sit there and say, who built these roads? Yeah, agreed. It's not a choice at all <laughs> when, when someone else has built the pathways that you're choosing from. You are simply being guided. 
And I would say that my life experience is full of these supposed forks in the road and supposed free will choices that were nowhere near free will. Yeah, 100%. And this is happening to everybody. And you and it's it's probably pertinent that you actually talked or talked about the children. Over here, of course, we are fighting like you are in the States and elsewhere. It's funny, it's because it's mainly the Western countries who have been targeted the hardest. Um, and they're all coming after our kids. Even here we have your Marxist ideology creeping into the schools, and it has been done over the last few decades. And it's now coming out. It's so in your face now. They're not even trying to hide what's going on. Um, it's a complete dismantling of what we believe society was or should be to something that's almost unrecognizable. And it's actually putting people into quite a headspin where they don't know where to settle. And I suppose that's part of it as well, you know, create havoc, uh, problem, reaction, solution, mm-hmm. create a havoc, have people spinning and then say, hey, if you come over here, all that can stop or take this pill and you're going to be better. Hence the Pfizer jab and all the yep. deaths and carnage that are coming from that. So experimentation, there's not just experimentation that Nazis did with um, chemicals, is there? There's, like you say, psychological uh, warfare being waged. There's um, lawfare as well. That's another one where they create rules and regulations that aren't for us. It's there to basically um, restrict us. You have the same thing in the States. You had a constitution that's meant to, that on the face of it, a lot of the world would love to have. Believe me, we would. But yet it's so easily now violated at every turn, and it takes so long to get to the Supreme Court to have it struck down that the damage is done prior. Are you experiencing that uh, on an increased scale? Absolutely. Um, The Constitution is an amazing instrument, but it is not perfect. Um, it, It can be abused, and we are certainly in a circumstance where it's being abused right now because we, I guess, to put it bluntly, we lack men of the strength of conviction to do what is right. And that has also been conditioned. And that is part of the forks in the road that has gotten us to where we are today. And I mean, that's kind of why I stood up in, I guess you'd say my boldness of action was to hopefully motivate other men um, to do the right thing. We, we need this again. Yeah. Cause at the moment, let's face it. She's a pretty lonely, um, road a lot of time when you first come out and you start standing against all that's wrong because most people go along to get along correct uh, they take path of police resistance <clears throat> and how, how much have, how much pushback have you had from the the shadow we'll call it the shadow side how many how much pushback you had any veil threats you had any letters any you know bullets in the mail and things like that or i i would say that i regularly get threatened from folks um they, you know, for example, the, the Washington, D.C. event, I, I probably had about a half a dozen people claim um, that they were, if I went to D.C., they were going to meet me there and kick my ass. And I told them, what are you waiting for? I live in Alaska. Can't you afford the airfare? I'll pick you up at the airport. <laughs> probably scared of the bees. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned about this just as much as I do believe um, there are shadow factions that are very disappointed in what I'm doing. Um, I believe that there are good factions that absolutely support what I'm doing. I believe that so much that I move forward boldly because I, 
I feel that if that group wasn't behind me, I already wouldn't be here. So I would say by observing that reality, I will just continue to move forward and do what I know to be the right thing um, without fear. I obviously have support. What do you think the end game is? What is the end game in your mind? We can go into opinion or speculation here um, because it's, like I said, we we don't have all the facts and evidence on everything yet. We haven't put all these pieces together, but there's enough pieces to know that there's a bigger picture and a jigsaw that needs to be finished in order to be able to identify the players on the board. But what do you think the end game is of these of these people? Total control. And and these people, I think, is a loose term that um, folks need to understand. When we say these people, a lot of folks try to think of that as a singular group, and that's not true. There are many factions vying for what I'm calling total control. And it is that vying for total control that we, the people of this planet, the general population, are just caught in the crossfire. Geographic borders don't matter. Ethnicities don't matter. This is, this is, the, the, all of that stuff is divisive and it hides people from, you know, the real fight that's going on. So people need to get outside of these, these low level conversations and get into um, higher brow stuff, things that they haven't considered. In reality, the lies are so huge that they're, they're damn near undigestible. And this is by design so that if anybody tries to take out a, a, a bite out of this, you know, sandwich of lies, it's, it's just too much. And, and people just spit it out and walk away. And this is all part of the design. There's actually so much wrong going on. There's so much evil. There's so much more than people can even begin to consider. That's the first step is that, you know, we, the people, the general population need to really start to understand that things are nowhere near what they're being presented. Yeah, we, we have the exactly the same thing here as you're experiencing over there. We have the cognitive dissonance running yes. running rampant. We have the parasitical leeches in parliament, not only taxing us to buggery, but um, sowing so much seeds of discourse and division. It's unbelievable. We're, we're, we're divided among along ideological lines, political lines, even sports teams. In fact, from the time we're born, we're taught about competition. Mm -hmm. We're taught about trying to get one over the other to get ahead. It's never about cooperation, except right. I share toys with, toys with that one over there, blah, blah, blah. It's always about giving and um, competition. It's never about uh, unifying or coming together and working together. And, hey, what else does this planet have for us? You know, what are the wonders of the world that we can experience and grow as a species or beings? Uh, it's all about, like you say, it's a product. We are commodities. We have from the time we are born, we're born into servitude. Yep. And that's the way we've been programmed, as you say. And it, well, you're, you're definitely hitting the notes that of uh, my way of thinking. I've been thinking this for years. Absolutely. We've I mean, had so much. It makes go. me wonder if, 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 if all of the people of New Zealand just sat down and brooded for a couple hours and considered that, you know, you know, prior to me coming out, I, you know, I guess there's a few people that might have suspected that there's earthquake generating devices. But now listen really to what I'm saying, that this is one of many earthquake generating devices. These are one of many new kinds of weapons on this planet. What, what are we, the people, really considering 
by not addressing this topic and, and being caught up with, you know, what are the Kardashians doing and all the, you know, what football game is on this weekend and what's my favorite beer and what's your favorite, you know, all of this stuff is total yeah. nonsense and meant to keep our conversations um, off what's really going on while the power players of this world are, are literally selling our children into God knows what. Do you find it interesting that a lot of the um, targeting that's allowed to run riot are things like Freemasons control the world and they're responsible for all of this. Yet, as you've just alluded to, there are different factions at play. They're all fighting each other for the resources and we just happen to be the collateral damage in the middle. Right. There is no one sector doing anything. Right. This is, again, another distraction and we get so much... Um, because counterspin media here is cutting edge. We we are not backwards and coming forward. We call it as we see it. Um, when we call out the government, we get cheers from 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 most of the people. When we hold our own count side to account, we get lambasted. We can't, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But we have to maintain an integrity that if we manage to bring these. I call them creatures, of course. I don't think they're really human. I think their mindset, they've got a creature predatory mindset. Um, if we manage to bring them down and manage to unearth everything and and have it better for humanity, why would we want to replace one set of dictators with another? You know what I mean? So we've got to keep our side clean as well. Um, and it seems that we have a cultish mindset in this country. Someone comes along, says the right things, everyone gets behind them. And it's always destined for a fall. It's like the Pied Piper of Hamlin taking them along and dumping them off the end of the cliff like bloody lemmings. Do you do you have the same thing in the US? Do you have these people, whether it's political messiahs, social messiahs, the, the next new age fad that comes along, everyone jumps aboard like the latest fitness craze and then boom, Peter's out and people are back to square one again climbing that ladder. Yeah, I mean, here here in the U.S., we we have the constant debate between who's the next savior of the nation, a Democrat or a Republican. You know, when yeah. I just tell people, you know, in reality, let's just look at history and who's responsible for all the problems in our country, other than Democrats and Republicans. We just throw them all in the same yeah. boat. All of our problems have happened under the watch of one or the other. So I would say that the American political process um, does very well at getting 100% of the population to be exclusively concerned with 50% of the problem. Absolutely. We have the same thing here in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. We have national and labor. It's the same thing as your Democrats and Republicans over yeah. here. We have national and labor and we, we recycle them. Yeah. We, because we've got goldfish memories. We'll put one in because the other one just, yeah. just kicked us in the guts. Right. After they break every promise they made, we put the next one in to solve the problem because they've come out with a new flashy um, advertising campaign and we've bought into that. So mm -hmm. we put them in and we just recycle them. It's, it's a two horse race all the time yeah. and when they don't realize we can get rid of them in one day, mm -hmm. put someone else in who may just crack it open for us. Yeah. And, and, and you know, in front of the television cameras, these these dual parties, they, you know, they act like they're against each other and, and for their constituents. And we're going to do it as if when those cameras turn off and they're at some gala event or they're on the golf course, as if they're not taking hands in best friends because they're all, they're all um, 
they're all profiting by being shareholders in the same corporation. And I find it, I find it absolutely unbelievable. Again, similarities to New Zealand, not on such a grand scale, of course, but you've, <laughs> you've got some people who spend hundreds of millions of dollars getting a job that pays a hundred thousand a year mm-hmm. or a couple of hundred thousand a year somewhere Somewhere along the line, you are getting a hell of a lot of money back for that. You're not going in to save the nation on a couple of hundred thousand a year. Mm-hmm. When you spend $300 million trying to get the position, something's seriously wrong. Yep. And that money's coming from somewhere. Yeah. And you don't see that kind of activity happen in any other position in the world. You know, I'm a plumber by trade and you don't see, you don't see men investing millions of dollars so they can get a job as a plumber so that it, you know, pays them a hundred grand a year. You know, it's just, it makes no sense. Exactly. And and that's why your, your story is fascinating because you come from, would you say you come from the people, you come from an area that is infected with military industrial complex, complex figures. Um, you happen to be in the right circles in order to open up the doors to be able to get to where you got uh, down in the South pole. And then you're able to witness yourself hands on, um, speak to those with their hands on the levers and then be able to report back to the world what's really happening. And I was quite impressed with the lineup at the National Press Conference, um, I think it was June 28th, uh, June 12th, 12th? Yep. yeah, 12th of June, uh, with Dr. Stephen Greer, part of the Disclosure Project. Now, he's been going for almost 30 years. When he first came out, of course, he was called a kook, just like David Icke was called a kook, just like um, Alex Jones was called a kook. But it's very hard-pressed now, with your information and others uh, with the disclosure team, to actually now really call them kooks because there's there is truth underpinning everything they've been saying. Mm-hmm. And if everyone got together and put that puzzle together, they'll realize how little we actually know. And we need to start investigating. The only way we're going to do that is to get rid of those gatekeepers who are keeping that from us. Do you have a solution for that? How the hell does humanity rise up, shed these um, chains or shackles of enslavement, and actually penetrate that curtain? Absolutely. Uh, What I suggest is that everybody speaks their truth. There's not a single one of these programs that operates without massive amounts of human personnel. They, they need to open their eyes, realize the compartment that they were in. They need to start asking themselves questions about what the compartment was that they were connected to. They need to really just start speaking their mind. I know there's, there's millions of people out there actually across the world that have been involved in these programs and they're keeping their mouths shut. I don't know why. I, I don't really care, to be honest. Um, I, I hear, you know, everybody says, well, they're scared of this and what about that? But you know what? For the betterment of humanity, get over it. Do the right thing. Stop being chicken shits is the way I think of it, is that there's a lot more people like me that have had access to this information. I'm just one person in one facility. There's many more facilities and many more people involved. And just like, you know, we had 9-11 here in the United States. Um, it was not the activity of some dudes with box cutters on planes. That's a bunch of shenanigans. There was a lot of other people involved in that operation. And they should come forward. So all of these factions are staffed by human beings. 
that know what's going on. And it's time for them to come forward and do the right thing. I can only lead by example. I, I found out that I was involved in a program that I had, I known what it was, I wouldn't have associated with it, but I was bamboozled and I didn't know until after the fact, unfortunately, what the facility that I was employed at was actually up to. So a day late and a dollar short, the only thing that I can do is come out and do what I thought was the noble thing and speak the truth. I was involved in stuff that I wish I wasn't involved with, but that happens. And it's happened to a lot more people than just me. And those people should step up and state what they were involved with. They should not be afraid and they should do the right thing because this is we, the people for the people. No, I, I absolutely agree. And you've got to be commended for that as well. It's never too late people. It's never too late to blow the lid on what's really going on. Remember you've only got, like you say, there's factions at, the, at this, but they have minimum in number compared to the total number we have at, on the planet. And we can win this. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people are destitute. They're saying, you know, how the hell do we win? We can't do anything and all that. I said, look, we're going to win. Mm-hmm. We're going to win because it doesn't matter if we're um, outgunned. It doesn't matter if, if, if we're out-resourced. We have a superior mind and a superior attitude, and that is what will uh, carry the day. And I'm not ready to give up yet either. I've you had know, a lot of people say up. to me, oh, so you, you think that we the people, um, you know, you do realize all the weapons that the United States government has and they're going to squish us if we try to do anything and we can't stop yep. the U.S. government with just rifles. And I laugh and I say, did you ever hear the Viet Cong? Exactly. <laughs> Little know? black pajamas jumping out of foxholes and uh Destroying them because because over there they they had a lot of the um, U.S. servicemen on drugs. I mean, it's the only way you'd, you'd get them to carry on. Mm-hmm. So of course there's a twig that would break over here, mm-hmm. and the whole section turns around and opens up all their ammo, and they expend all their ammo, and of course they're jumpy. Mm-hmm. Then the little uh, the little uh, black pajama ninjas jump out with their rifles and just pick them off. You know, we lost yeah. lost a lot of people, and New Zealand was involved in that as well. I don't recall the Viet Cong having a navy. I don't recall the Viet Cong having an air force. I mean, I would say that we had them outgunned with massive amounts of weapons of war and we lost. So I think that (laughs) we, the people of this planet, absolutely have a fighting chance. I don't care what weapons of war come out. Again, these facilities are all staffed by human beings. All we need to do is turn them to our side and the facilities shut down. 100%. 100%. Afghanistan is another example. Right. The British couldn't do it. No one Russians can. Couldn't do it. <laughs> no one can beat them. When, when your life is survival and you're fighting for your home and someone's fighting for a job, the one fighting for the home is always going to win. Right. And, and we, the people of this planet, are fighting for our home and we just need to get past the division. We need to unite as common people against, uh, let's just say, the billionaires. I would, I would say that we can look back in history, and if we want to reduce history to a simple repeating cycle, it's this. The rich will put their boot on the throat of the poor until such time the poor rise up and kill them. Yeah, and that's, and that's exactly right. You see, over here, um, our channel, our program is constantly monitored. We have the police in all our chats. We have intelligence services. 
um, hanging on every word I say mm -hmm. to see if they can get me in any way for incitement and all that because we happen to speak the truth. And that's the one thing these people don't like. Right. They don't like facts and evidence. They don't like the truth. And they certainly don't like the light shining in their little dark spaces, right. which we just love to annoy them with. Um, now, Operation High Jump was, of course, a an operation to go and look for a suitability of locations to build U.S. military bases in Antarctica. And, of course, the, the Antarctic Treaty was signed between all nations. And don't you find it curious that in everything that's happened across the planet, all the wars, all the discord, cold wars, hot wars, doesn't matter, kinetic, whatever, um, that this one treaty is the one thing that's held fast. And everyone seems to be friends down there. Even though there's factions, they're all competing. They all are in the Antarctica. They all have these deep underground military bases. They're all experimenting on humans. Uh, and that's the part I can't get. Is this because we are dealing with other beings as well? Because let's get into that. Because a lot of people say, oh, conspiracy theories, and they usually shut down at this point. But I think you've said enough to engage people and keep them their mind open enough to actually give them possibilities or avenues to explore and look at. Well, I, with I, all the people you've had access to, is there other creatures? Because extraterrestrial, okay, I believe is extra land. It's not just off planet. I think extra land. I think we're not being told everything about the realm in which we live. What's your assessment? Uh, my assessment is that my experience in Antarctica does not actually um, provide me anything to verify that statement. But I certainly believe the direction that you're going. Uh, back to the Antarctic Treaty specifically, I would say it's a total farce. Um, it's just, it's simply just paperwork. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've met people that spoke firsthand um, that they, and, and I, I transferred this information to the committees that um, questioned me, that there are folks that I know that worked for Raytheon Polar Services to go down and look for places to install missile silos. So when they say that they're all down there for the express purposes of science and not engaged in the weapons of war, it's just, it's lies. It's just bold faced lies. I don't, I don't doubt that everything that they say that they're not doing, they're doing. Um, as an example, every one of the um, signers of the treaty reserves the right to go investigate the other facilities to make sure they're all on the up and up, but no one's in the practice. Because it's a wink, wink, hush, hush, you know, we won't investigate your facility if you don't investigate our facility. So <laughs> it's just, you know, it's a, it's a whole situation that's run amok, which is why Dr. Greer and the folks that I associated with over here are trying to like add some controls to a situation that's gotten out of control from the perspective of the United States. All of our taxpayer dollars are supposed to be involved with operations that have oversight. Antarctica is just uh, a geographical location that has infinite plausible deniability and pretty much zero oversight. So they can do whatever yeah, they yeah. want to do. And of course, one of the biggest, I think we mentioned before, one of the biggest barriers to any sort of oversight is the sighting of national security. That seems to keep everyone on the outer. Oh no, we can't disclose that by reasons of national security. When you have the Senate Oversight Committee and you have the Appropriations uh, Committee and they're all questioning whether it's FBI, Chris Ray or, or, or the others, um, they always say, oh, I can't get into that because it's either an ongoing investigation or 
Um, it's for reasons of national security, but I'm happy to provide it in a closed settings, just you type thing. Um, we've got to do something about that as well, don't we? Because that there seems to be a, one of the biggest barriers to accessing information um, beyond physically traveling there and having a look ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. This is why um, technically the, the DC event with Dr. Greer is not the first place I gave my information. I have to fold this information for over three years now. It's taken me three years to get it up to this level of people paying attention to it. But it doesn't change the fact that if there's other folks like me, I would suggest they do it exactly what I do and just take the information straight to the people. It may not be received as rapidly as, as folks would want, but what they can't do is stop you. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we we always um we always have options and giving up is not one of them. Correct. So I uh, commend you for your we'll say brave because it's a brave thing to come out against what you know is going to be a major pushback um and actually state your truth. And if more people, as you say, like that, more alpha males instead of these gender-confused ones that don't, can't decide whether they're a toaster or a bloody potato, mm -hmm. um, actually stand up and do the same, I think we'll, we'll, we'll do good. Because at the moment in New Zealand, when we had these protests in Wellington, we mm -hmm. didn't like what they were doing to us. We went there. Um, it was the woman. The woman were the fiercest of all. I mean, the woman are becoming more alpha male than the, the males are over here. Something seriously in the water or something, you know, apart from fluoride, of course, which they're now trying to hammer us with. You probably have the same thing over there. <clears throat> is there any any parting um, words that you of encouragement for New Zealand? Like I said, we'll follow up um, with the authorities over here and tell them to look into that further, and we'll demand it. In fact, we'll do every official information act request we can. But of course, the government has classes on how to avoid that. We'll try to get around that, and we'll try and have the people just ring them and harass them until an investigation's opened up. Because Christchurch isn't the only. Um, uh, disaster we've experienced that we believe other things are at play so do you have any words of encouragement or any words of advice for anyone over here um going forward yeah i would just say um be bold move forwards and and do the right thing for your neighbor this is what it all boils down to is that um i mean i'm not really doing this for me I'm doing this for everyone else. And again, I can only lead by example. I can be on point and I can only hope that people will follow the direction that I'm going. Be bold of action, be bold of choice and share with the world the things that you do know. I'm sure there are other people out there like me. Step up, do the right thing. And one thing to confirm what you've just said, that you're not doing it for you, is that the fact that you're doing this you know, I, we always tell people, ask yourself the question, who benefits? Who benefits by you believing them? You don't benefit by people believing you because you've actually, you actually lose a lot. Now that you've come out and you won't take, you've drawn the line, you said, there's no way we're crossing this anymore. You know, people come clean, let's get this out in the open. You would lose, subsequently, you'd lose a lot of contracts or a big money, wouldn't you? You'd actually take it in the pocket. I absolutely have. I, I do not like to whine about the um, cons list. You know, there's pros and cons to what I have done. Uh, I almost never discuss the cons list because I don't want to 
I don't want to put that out there to people, but it's okay. I knew that this was going to happen. It has absolutely been to my detriment. It has not been to my benefit, but it, it doesn't matter. I still have to do the right thing. You know, I agree. Well, well on behalf of Kellisman, of course, everyone here, uh, thank you very much for your getting up, telling your truth, and you giving your testimony. It helps us a lot and uh, makes sense of what we went through. Um, and it will also help us hold the government feet to the fire because there's no way they didn't know about this, especially with our uh, leaders, so-called leaders, we laughingly call them leaders, the parasitical leeches, have been to Antarctica mm-hmm. for no reason. They're not scientists. And if it's only science down there, what the hell are leaders and popes and bloody all these other people going down there for who have got nothing to do with any of that. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully we can get some sort of result from that shortly. I hope so, so too. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. If you Before you go, just let everyone know where they can find uh, your other interviews, your other work, um, because I think it's well worth them getting a, a more rounded you got um, it. other area. Uh, you can you can follow my work at my website, which is deciphering.tv. I do have an archives section there where I've provided some documentation to support what I've said. Um, and again, this is all information that I put up the chain of command here in the U.S. And uh, currently it's being received well, and there's legislation that's uh, being put on the table to do something about these nefarious activities. So my hat goes off to the people that are working with me to stop this stuff. And um, I hope more people step up to the plate because uh, many hands makes light work. Brilliant. Thank you very much. We will catch you again soon. And uh, feel free, please get in touch with us if you have any updates, any movement, or if you actually get in front of the Senate to further your uh, testimony, that'll be great. Excellent. Thank you very much for having me, gentlemen. You're most welcome. With the limited time available Eric had with us, we wanted to deep dive into other areas of interest, such as the um, episode 86 we had with the Romanian senator. Uh, We called that, of course, the Romanian bombshell Turkey at war, where the Romanian senator does, and confirmed by her general, states that there was weaponized technology that caused those uh, Turkish earthquakes. This can directly correlate and be confirmed by, of course, Eric Hecker, who talks about the neutrino um, technology he was um, exposed to and and related to as being just one of the many options that are available to these psychopaths who are running these um, deep underground military bases, these um, black project operations. Uh, I also wanted to discuss with him preceding expeditions, such as the one led by Rear Admiral Richard E. Byrd, the first man, of course, to... Are recorded to have known to have flown over the North and South Poles. His mission was to site suitable land for military bases. Uh, he had made some startling observations and some very interesting observations. So have a listen to this. Admiral Bird, you've been to both the North Pole and the South Pole. Is there any unexplored land left on this earth that might appeal to adventurous young Americans? Uh, yes, there is. And not up around the North Pole, because it's getting crowded up there now, because they find out it's really usable, not only to live in, but militarily. But strangely enough, there's left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. And that's beyond the pole on the other side of the South Pole from middle America. 
And it's, uh, I think it's quite astonishing that there should be an area as big as that unexplored. That's a tremendous So challenge. there's a lot of adventure left mm. down at the bottom of the well. well Admiral, well, do you hope to see that? I do. <laughs> well, Admiral, Admiral, you speak of the resources of Antarctica. What are they? What, uh, what are the natural resources there? Well, uh, we've found enough of coal within 180 miles of the South Pole in a great uh, ridge of mountains. It's not covered with snow. Enough to supply the whole world for quite a while. Well, uh, that's that's the coal. Now there's evidence of uh, other many other minerals. Uh, we are pretty sure there's oil. Now that coal shows the bottom of the world. Now by far the coldest spot in the world. Where that coal is gets a hundred below zero in the winter. Well, uh, it was once tropical. So uh, we think there's oil there, and there's evidence. Probably uranium there. Is there a competition among other nations to try to get information about uh, Antarctica and uh, possibly to secure some of these resources? Well, uh, yes. Uh, there are now seven nations very much interested. Russia is interested tremendously. That I'm sure of. Australia has an expedition down there. The Argentine, the Chile, New Zealand, Britain, and so on. Now, you can understand those people down there being uh, interested because they live down there, the New Zealanders, the Argentinians, the Chileans, and the Australians. And so uh, we, uh, we don't do much about claiming anything. Admiral Byrd re uh, references their large amounts of resources that can sustain generations to come, much like we have here in New Zealand. 1967, Nelson Bunker Hunt from Hunt Petroleum using sophisticated satellite technologies mapped the Great South Basin. We're basically floating on a sea of gold in the form of oil. Why are you not allowed access to that or to know about that? One can only speculate, but I'll tell you how it comes about. There was the files known as the gemstone files. If you go and look at the opal file, search up opal file, Business Roundtable Takeover of New Zealand, 20-Year History in Brief. That'll give you some of the former politicians' names, bank account numbers, how much they got paid, what they did for it, and it shows you how the consolidation of media came about in order to create fake news to lead your mind astray and away from the truth. Another notable, uh, and more interestingly, Admiral, of those clips, Admiral Bird talks about the extra land about the size of middle America beyond the poles. Now, this is interesting because where would it be? And a size that big <clears throat> extra land, like a continent type thing, it would have to be separated in some way. So this is interesting. And so posthumously, I believe his son uh, found his diaries. And his diaries recounted a lot of his missions, including classified information. We're going to show you a clip. Um, from the ancient alien series from the History Channel. And um, although we can't go there ourselves because it's all speculation, it does start showing a map concerning ancient civilizations, where we are, how we've come, and all these so-called conspiracy theories that become conspiracy fact. So based on the fact that a lot of things that are usually called conspiracies are now becoming true, is it a possibility that Admiral Byrd's uh, diaries Noting particulars may well be true too. Have a look. August 1946. 
esteemed U.S. Naval officer and explorer, Admiral Richard Byrd, one of the first pilots to fly over both the North and South Poles, organizes Operation High Jump, the largest expedition ever to travel to Antarctica. With 13 ships, 23 aircraft, and over 4,700 military personnel. This was very important that after the conclusion of World War II, Admiral Byrd was asked if he would mount a large armada and go for four months. It was supposed to be that they would go in December, January, February, and March, and there was a list of military goals that they were to achieve. But by the end of February, something happened. One of the mission's official goals was investigating sites for potential military bases in Antarctica. But during his explorations, Admiral Byrd allegedly came upon something highly unexpected. This story is said to come from his diaries, not his published account of the trip, but something he held back and then later was suppressed by government authorities that found it frightening. In his diary, which was discovered by his son after his death, Admiral Byrd tells an extraordinary story. Admiral Byrd heard there was an entrance to the center of the Earth through the South Pole. And he took planes into the South, under the South Pole. And when he did that, he discovered that as he flew over the pole, suddenly he's looking at things that shouldn't be there. I mean, it was temperate. He and his squadron flew under the Earth, into the Earth. It turns into this lush and green area, and he can't even believe his eyes. But that's just the beginning of his extraordinary story. He tells how all of a sudden he starts to see a shimmering rainbow city that's made of crystal. His airplane is taken control of when he suddenly sees these flying disc-shaped objects around them that lead him to the ground. Whereupon, he's escorted into a cavernous type of an area where he meets a being he refers to as the master in his diary. The master tells him that they're highly disappointed in what humans are doing with nuclear weapons and how they've recently destroyed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And they really are concerned about what is going on on the surface of the planet. They tell Admiral Byrd that they hope that humanity will ultimately stop this. For UFO researchers, this account from Admiral Byrd's diary is particularly significant due to the fact that the modern UFO era began right after World War II and the detonation of the first atomic bombs. There was, of course, a highly dramatized version of Admiral Richard Byrd's uh, diary. I will provide a link below for you to get the specific relevant section of it. Also available through bookstores is the secret, um, the missing secret diary of Admiral Byrd. Now we're not stating either way. Okay. What we're saying is that considering there's a whole lot of conspiracy theories out there that are suddenly becoming true. And there's a whole lot of cover-ups going on that are suddenly getting uncovered. It might be a rabbit hole worth going down. Now, Chaos for Media is, as I said before, at the forefront of this battle space, okay? The media that they are employing against you is to change your mind, divert you all over the place, except sticking to the truth. Facts and evidence is what you want if you want to get ahead. So 
go to counselormedia.com, hit the donate button and give what you can because we need to be on air all the time. We are up against, it's a David and Goliath battle. We are David, but we have the, um, we have the stones for the slingshot. You've just got to give us the means to fire them. So thanks for tuning in. I hope it was educational. We'll be back on the next episode. See you soon. Slow recovery. Virus infections, injections, connections can all leave a toxic residue. Spike proteins are the hooks on the outside of the virus that attach to your cells. Spike proteins fit like a key into these ACE receptors, unlocking cellular walls. Spike proteins are still found in the body months after an exposure, leaking from the intestine into the bloodstream, hitting ACE receptors which can disrupt normal blood and heart processes, meaning slower recovery for people who can't break them down. Spike Detox is a formula to support your body in normal functions, including detox, after exposure to glycoproteins, inspired by four everyday plant medicines, two plants that support cells, two plants that support detox, cell support, supercomputers predicted black seed and quercetin have molecules that fit the ACE receptor to protect it, supporting normal heart and blood, and normal cell walls, detox support, Spikes are glycoprotein. Some people can break down glycoprotein quickly. Others benefit from extra support. Pineapple's bromelain enzymes break down glycoproteins, like when pineapple juice tenderizes steak. Bromelain dissolves glycoproteins, supporting natural detoxification for people who need it. Acetylcysteine is a stable form of amino acid cysteine inspired by similar compounds in garlic, an antioxidant powerhouse shown to increase bromelain's ability to dissolve spikes. Spike Detox supports normal heart and blood, supports normal cell walls, supports natural detoxification, because not everyone is bouncing back quickly. Spike Detox is available from extralife.co.nz. Enter promo code CSM at checkout for $10 off your order, and Extra Life will make a special donation to Counterspin. Extra Life for maximum longevity. This product is a dietary supplement. It cannot diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. These herbal extracts and nutrients support your body and its natural processes to maintain a state of wellness. If you are experiencing illness or disease, please consult a health professional. You can find Counterspin, New Zealand's media revolution, at counterspinmedia.com. And now, on the InfoWars Network, at band.video.